Presentation of the Rio Grande Oil Company. Tucson Police calling all cars, attention all cars. Broadcast 63. Gordon H. Sawyer, Vice President of the Southern Arizona Bank and Trust Company, kidnapped from his home tonight. Suspect unknown. All cars report to headquarters for further orders. That's all. California now specifies Rio Grande Tracks Gasoline for all its police cars, fire engines, and emergency equipment. Rio Grande, already used by more police cars wherever it is sold than any other brand of gasoline, now helps the police of Oakland to fight crime by speeding up police car performance. Gasoline. Yes, sir. Oh, George, what's that headline? It, it's about a train wreck. Oh, by the paper. Oh, that's the calling all cars and news, sir. Help yourself a fee. Fee? Oh, that's a novel idea. You want to read that uh, train wreck story, too, and you'll hear it over calling all cars this month. Hmm. Movie news? Previews of the new movies? And the theater guide. Oh, look. Here's a radio guide, too. It lists all the good programs. This is just what I want. Mm, what's this? It says a thousand gallons of real brandy cracked gasoline to be given away free. Now they're talking. I'd like to get a thousand gallons of real brandy. That's the finest gasoline I ever used. Yeah, everyone who listens to Calling All Cars ought to come in and get a copy of this Calling All Cars news. It's the most unique publication I've ever seen. And you give these copies away free? Oh, yes, indeed. Uh, tell your friends to drive into any service station selling Rio Grande cracked gasoline, and they'll get a free copy. <laughs> James E. Davis of the Los Angeles Police Department, who has brought with him a distinguished visitor, Chief Davis. Good evening, friends. It is with natural pride that I have often, on these programs, lauded the excellent work of the men under my command. But in so doing, I have by no means intended to underestimate the value and efficiency of our other Western law enforcement organizations. In Tucson, Arizona, there is a police force which many a town, ten times larger, might be proud to claim as its own. Under the able leadership of Chief C.A. Wallard, the Tucson police, just a year ago, became world famous when they brought the Billinger mob to their first accounting with the law. Tonight, we are dramatizing another famous Tucson crime, 
and I have asked Chief Wallace to come here as my guest and to say a word to the audience of calling all cards. It is my great honor to introduce Chief Wallace of Tucson, Arizona. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the West. I'm one is honored to be asked to participate in a splendid radio program. For more than a year, Calling Cars has performed a great public service and acquainting the public with recent problems. No one realizes this value of this work more than we two officers. Our task of preserving the peace in Tucson is much different than the one performed by Metropolitan Police. A native crime, crime rate is very low. There has never been a bank robbery in Tucson. And only one safe has been blown in our city in the last year and one half. I have been chief. We have had two kidnappings. We have solved them both. Beyond the petty crime, the theft, and robbery, our citizens give us little trouble. But because of its isolation, Isolation, our city has been regarded by the eastern criminals as a safe place to come and cool off. Our little skirmish with the Dillinger mob last year has changed that opinion considerably. Tucson is an unwise place for criminals to commit a major crime. Relatively isolated, with only three or four roads leading from it. The fugitives cannot get away before we have every means of exit blocked. Contrary to general opinion, the desert is not a safe place to hide. Tonight, I have selected from my confidential files the story of the first kidnapping in the history of Arizona and the abduction of my good friend, Gordon Sawyer. Who happened? What happened to him and how we solved the case? We're about to hear. On with the show. February 4, 1932. Tucson, Arizona. It is lodge night, and Mrs. Gordon Sawyer, wife of the vice president of the Southern Arizona Bank and Trust Company, is home alone awaiting the return of her husband from the meeting. Shortly before midnight, she hears an automobile horn blow three times. This is Mr. Sawyer's familiar signal. He has just turned the corner. He peers through the drapes of the living room window, Sees Mr. Sawyer's packer wheel into the driveway. She hears the car drive into the garage. She hurries to the door, eager to greet her husband, when she hears the car back out of the driveway. Gordon! Gordon! Gordon, where are you going? That's funny. I wonder why you drove away like that. Good heavens, maybe he's... Operator. You know, operator. You be two one two six. Yes. Oh, hurry, please. Hello? Hello, Mr. Robertson. Yeah. 
This is Mrs. Sawyer. Did you see Gordon at Lord meeting tonight? Why, no, I didn't go tonight. Oh. Is there anything wrong? No, no, not at all. Only, well, he hasn't come home yet. Thank you. Goodbye, Mr. Robertson. Oh, hurry, operator. Why don't you answer? Hello? Hello. Get me 2139, please. And hurry, please. Hello? Hello, Mildred. Is, is Tom back from Lodge yet? Why, yes, sir. May I speak with him, please? Certainly. Just a moment. Hello, Sarah. What's on your mind? Tom, was Gordon at Lord's tonight? Sure. What's the idea, Sarah? Checking up on it? Oh, Tom, don't be scared. What time did he leave? Oh, about 15 minutes ago. He left with me. But the letter, isn't he home yet? No. No, not yet, Tom. Oh, that's funny. Said he was going right home. Said he had a big day ahead of him tomorrow. Tom, I'm worried. I think he came home and then went away. What are you talking about, Sarah? Well, he drove in the driveway. I saw him through the window. And before I could get to the side door, he bust the car out and drove off. Are you sure? Yes, Tom, positive. That sounds mighty funny. Well, what'll I do, Tom? I, I'm frightened. Uh, well, look here. Now, don't get yourself upset. Don't do it and I'll hop into the car and come right over. Then I'll have a look around. Oh, thank you, Tom. So he's probably just going down to the corner for a cigar. Oh, I hope so. Well, don't worry. We'll be over right away. <laughs> half hour, an hour passes, and Gordon Sawyer does not return home. His friend Tom searches the ground around the house while Mildred tries to calm Mrs. Sawyer's fears. Finally, Tom decides to call the police. Mark L. Robbins, identification expert of the Tucson Police Department, interviews Mrs. Sawyer at 3 o'clock in the morning. And the car drove away and he hasn't come back. Mm. Might have gone to the bank or to visit some friends. Oh, certainly not, Mr. Robbins. I've called all of our friends. They haven't seen him since he left lodging tonight. And he never goes in the place without telling me. I searched the grounds, Mr. Robbins. There's no sign of any disturbance. I've asked the neighbors, and no one has heard any callers around tonight. It's, it's just as though he disappeared into thin air. Did he have any valuables on him, Mrs. Royer? Oh, yes. He always carries quite a bit of money, 40 or 50 dollars. And then he wears a diamond ring and a diamond stick and he's there. Uh-huh. Might be a robbery. Well, if it were a robbery, why did, well, why did the robbers take him away like that? Oh, that's hard to say, Mrs. Sawyer. Of course, it might be a... A kidnapping or Mr. Robbins. Oh, no, no, don't get too excited, ma'am. After all, we're not sure of anything. Oh, Don't worry, ma'am. We'll bring him back wherever he is. Within half an hour, Chief of Police Dyer and Sheriff Bailey are in conference with Robbins in police headquarters. Well, from all the Robbins has reported, it looks like a kidnap to me, sir. Yes, I think you're right, Chief. If it was plain robbery, they'd have held him up, and that'd be that. Well, there's little we can do tonight. I'd be better to throw a blockade on all the roads. Right. Oh, Watson. Yes, sir. Uh, phone the Border Patrol in Nogales. Tell them to watch out for a gray package sedan, license number 30879. Yes, sir. And detail men on Route 84 and Route 80 to block these roads. Also on the Nogales Road and the road to Benson. And don't forget the Twin Buttes Road, sir. Oh, yes. 
Captain, they call out to the turnoff by Chantevere Mission to check all cars going to the mission or into the reservation. Yes, sir. And also, while Hila Ben, Casa Grande, Globe, Prescott, and Phoenix, giving them descriptions of the car and of Mr. Sawyer. Right away, sir. Uh, not much good to do, though, while it's still dark. It's two inches of high in this desert at night. And even when the sun shines, it's going to be mighty hard to find even a placard if it's 20 yards off the road in that Palo Verde and Mesquite. Yeah, but there's a quick way of doing it. Yeah, what's that, Mark? Search for him by air. Oh. We'll a lot of time. That's a swell idea, Mark. Yeah, but where do we get the planes? We haven't enough funds to go out and charter a lot of airplanes by the day. How about Mrs. Greenway? She's got several ships. Hey, that's right. I wonder if she'd be willing to lend them to us. Sure she would. Mrs. Greenway's a swell person. Summoned from her sleep in the middle of the night, Mrs. Greenway, famed Arizona congresswoman, is informed of the possible abduction of Mr. Sawyer. Asked for the use of her plane, he readily grants the request and assures Sheriff Bailey that the ship will be at his disposal whenever and for as long as he wants them. Dawn on the desert. The jagged crests of Tucson's silent mountain guardian yawn deep blue against the crimson morning sky. Saddle Peak, 30 miles west, catches the first beam of the waking sun. A moment later, the mountains across the border in Mexico... And then a swath of bright sunlight brushes across the valley floor, spills over the mountaintops, gilds the wings of six speedy airplanes, their propellers idling, as they stand in line on the Tucson airport waiting for the touch of the throttle that will send them roaring to the clear blue morning sky on the first aeroplane manhunt in the southwest. Sheriff Taylor gives lasting instructions to the group of pilots and deputies who circle around him. Oh, all you deputies understand which pilots you're riding with. Each of you pilots understand the sector you're to patrol. First get to see anything suspicious, or spiral about the spot. Men in the cars will get there as soon as they can. Don't leave the suspicious spot until you're sure the police cars arrive. Getting late now, so go on with it, boys. One by one, the sweet swift airplanes take off in the chill morning air. The scene might be an airborne behind the lines in front. As the dawn patrol takes off to meet their poker mounted adversaries in battle high above no man's land. For these modern aces slide away also to a battle that never ends, a war against crime. High above the airport, the ships straighten out from their winding climb and sweep for the sectors to which they've been assigned. At five minutes past seven, pilot Charlie Macy's monocute, having explored the jagged canyons of the Santa Catalina Mountains, is circling over the country north of Tucson, when Mark Robbins, his passenger, taps him on the shoulder. Hey, Charlie. Yeah? All the way down. Like a car down there. See? I like Pope of Palo Verde. Yeah, I see it. Hold on, we're going down.
with $60,000 in cash and unmarked money. You must come alone. You will drive out to Silver Bell Road and turn north. Then continue until you see a white flag stuck in the side of the road. Stop, and you will be approached by one of our men. If you see no white flag after you have gone as far as Rattlesnake Pass, turn around and drive out the Bear Canyon Road until you come across the white flag. There will be no other warning. You'd better do as you're told if you or his friends ever want to see Gordon Sawyer alive again. Sawyer will sign this to show that he is alive and all right. But he won't be very long unless you do as directed. Uh, thank you, Miss Parker. Is that his signature on the bottom? Oh, yes, that's Gordon's signature, all right. This is terrible, Chief. We must get Gordon back unharmed at any cost. Oh, of course. The bank stands ready to pay the sum they ask. Well, it may not be necessary, Mr. Stewart. Deputies King and Gutsweiler are following the trail of kidnapped car this very moment. It is no easy task for the two deputies to follow the tire treads over the hard, sun-baked caliche of the desert road. But straining their eyes, deputies King and Gutsweiler laboriously trail the escape car from the transfer point along the well-traveled highway into the lonely Demos Pichy Road, and finally into a lane that leads to the Adkins Ranch. They sense that they are reaching the end of their search. Let's look, Jack. Something's moving in the bushes ahead. There'll be cotton tail others. Yeah, maybe not. Uh-oh. Look, what? Two guys sweeping away the trucks in the road. They've seen it. They're running away. Try to head them off, okay? Got into that mesquite. Pull up. Come on out of there. The police officers. Get behind that car, Jeff. You want to shoot it out. Down near plugged me that last time. See what I'm moving. There. What a save you have. I mean, isn't pretty sure we're hitting something, Jack. We didn't bring much with us. Yeah, I know. Look out for the big fat man's house, Jack. Let him have it. Well, that didn't do much good. Get a good look at him? I sure did. Better go back to the telephone and call for reinforcements. I've only had a couple of rounds left. Okay, let's go. A posse quickly arrives in answer to the two deputies' call. Unconsciously, the band of armed men approached the Adkins ranch, expecting to be met by a fusillade of bullets. But the only greeting they received was the fierce barking of a cur dog, which Jeffweiler and King had seen loping down the road after the two repeating men. Things kind of deserted now. Yeah, we'd better be careful. Who are the people who live here? You know, Dallas? Uh, yeah, the Adkins. Old Colonel Adkins owns the place. Time. Well, let's get inside and see if there's any sign of Sawyer. Yeah. Well, let's keep our eyes peeled outside here. You see anything moving? Shoot first and ask questions afterwards. Okay, yes. All right. Well, it's your liquor, eh? Yeah, look here. Buckwheat cake, coffee on the table, still warm. Yeah, from the way all the clothing's thrown around, I guess they just packed pajamas and a toothbrush and scram. Yeah, yes, sir. Well... No signs of fire in here. Let's take a look outside. All right. 
Anything doing out here, boys? Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's some steps leading out toward the river. Now, you better follow him, Jack. Bob Wood, you go along with him. Right. Hey, Dallas, take a look at that well over there. Where? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, what about it? Looks to me as though those mesquite logs have just been thrown over the top of it recently. See, it does with that. Let's take a look. All right. Hmm. Yeah. That's an old cave-in well, but the covering has just been put on it. Do you suppose they threw Sawyer down there? I don't know, but we'll soon find out. Here, give me a hand with this log, huh? Here, there. I got this. There. Now we can get a look. Got a flashlight? Yeah. Good Looks like a dead man down there. Sawyer, all right. They killed him. I'm being quiet. I haven't done anything. Oh, thank goodness he's alive. Uh, Gordon. Gordon. It's me. Donald Ford. Be careful, Donald. Don't tell him the death, Oh, there's no one around here now but the posse. Come on. We'll help you up. Here. Give me a hand. Uh, you take the other one, Get. All right. There we are. Oh. Are you all right, Gordon? Yes. I'm all right. Ha- have they gone? Yes, Gordon. I, I guess I fainted when they threw me down there. Oh, they told me to keep quiet or they'd kill me. I didn't know anything until I heard you up here. And I was afraid you were in danger, too. Oh, everything's all right now, Gordon. Oh. oh, don't try to talk. The first thing we got to do is to get you home to your wife. After he had been reunited with his wife and had an opportunity to rest, Gordon Sawyer tells his story to Chief Dyer and Mrs. Sawyer. When I drove the car into the garage Thursday night after lodge meeting, two men stepped out from behind the door, pointed guns at me, and told me to get in the back of the car, lie face down, and not make any noise. Then they backed the car out. Did you hear me call when the car backed out the driver, Gordon? Yes, dear, but naturally I couldn't answer. I was afraid they'd kill me. Well, where did you take your next? Well, we drove for some time. Then they transferred me to another car. And while we were bumping along rough roads, they blindfolded me. They got to a house, they loosened my blindfold a bit, and made me sign a note demanding $60,000 ransom. Then they tightened the blindfold and put me on some blankets on the floor where I spent the night. This morning, they gave me good old cakes and coffee. Then I heard some shots, and they ran back and threw me in the well. You know the rest of it. How many voices did you hear? There were three. One was a woman. A woman? Yes. Yeah. Well, that might be Billy Ashton. Who's she? Old Colonel Ashton's daughter. Jeff Weiler thinks he recognized Chris Ashton's son as one of the men who ambushed him. Huh. I'm going to bring those two in and question them. <laughs> Billy Adkins, pretty daughter of the old colonel, is brought in for questioning. And beyond admitting that she spent first united for rank, she refuses to talk. In view of this admission and Mr. Sawyer's statement that he was held at the rank all night, a charge of kidnapping is filed against her brother. And Billy is held as an accessory after the fact. For more than a week, an intensive search is conducted for Cliff Adkins. And then on the 14th of February, a tip comes that sends two carloads of officers out through the desert to the deserted Yuma's mine. Arriving there, they are met by Joe Portman, who sends a goat herd on the mine site. Hello, Joe. How's things? Oh, 
can complain, Doris, about the policing business, crime and bandage. What thinks you are this way? No, nothing. Just looking for the Mexican who's been breaking in houses. Ain't mm. seen no Mexicans around here. Well, you know how it is. We got to look like we're working. Yeah, true. Uh, what you get on the top all in here, Joe? Looks like a car. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a car, all right. Mm. Uh, that's the new one. Oh, yeah. Uh, they keep the cover so that the uh, boat get on top. Yeah? Well, let's take a look at it. Uh, help me with the top for us. Sure. Uh. Mm-hmm. Just what I expected. Same tire tread, body scratch, wheel takes the dirt. Uh, that's a car, all right. What about this, Joe? Uh, I don't know what you mean. Uh, this, this, uh, this my car. Come on, Joe, let's have the truth. There's someone moving in the cat. Cover the door for us. Hey, you. Come out of there. Come on. All right, for now, we'll bring it in. Hey, don't shoot. I'll give up. I got you, come. I'm afraid. You're afraid of what? Those two guys have kidnapped that charger. What two guys? Yeah, a couple of guys I met when I was doing time at Tuscan. They moved in on me last week. They kidnapped Sawyer, and they, they said they bought me off by troll, and I ran away after they escaped, and I've been hiding here ever since. I'm afraid of them. Oh, come on, Adkins. You don't expect us to believe that? Oh, sure, it's a gospel truth. This your car out here? Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's registered to my wife in California. Well, Chris, that's the car Sawyer was kidnapped in. Yeah. The tires are the same as the tread on the road. Well, Sawyer was transferred from his car. Yeah, yeah, but uh, these guys borrowed my car. Oh, yeah? And the footprint beside Sawyer's package fits your shoes with his hand at the line. No, no, no. Uh, uh, I didn't do it. Those, those shoes belong to one of the other guys. I'm innocent, I tell you, I'm innocent. You can't hit this on me! <laughs> Keyshawn Shoemaker identified the shoes as a pair on which he had put rubber heels for the accused. And when Deputy Getzweiler made a positive identification of Adkins as one of the men who ambushed him and King at the ranch on May the 31st, Judge Fass pronounced sentence on Adkins, which sent him to the penitentiary for life. Thus, Rapidly and efficiently did the Tucson Police Department and the Arizona courts dispose of the first kidnapping in Arizona history. Thank you, Chief Wallen. And now, here we are back in the Rio Grande service station. Your level's low. You need a court. What kind do you have? Well, you wouldn't want to use people in a fine car like this. Yes, I do hate to buy bulk oil. I've been reading about canned oil, so I'm afraid to buy oil in bulk. Well, here's a canned oil. The most famous 25-cent oil in the world. You've heard of it. Sinclair Opaline. Sure, I've heard of Sinclair oil. But I didn't know I could get a quart can for 25 cents. You get more than a quart. There's two ounces extra in every can of Sinclair Opaline. Well, if I can get an oversized quart of Sinclair oil for a quarter, I'm sold. That Sinclair name satisfies me. The great oil, sir. It's internationally famous. Sinclair has built the world's largest independent oil business with this Opaline oil. It's the finest 25-cent oil there is. And it's a better oil than any Western oil at any price. You'll find it featured at every station that sells Rio Grande cracked gasoline. (laughs) 
Tom Gillies calling all cars, attention all cars, cancellation broadcast 63 regarding the kidnapping. Suspect in this case now in custody. That's all. by William N. Wilson. This is Frederick Lindsley saying goodnight for the Rio Grande Oil Company.